Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Petrophone Podcast, the podcast specifically geared towards St. Peter's Prep. I am your host, Ben Novosiolik, joined with Matthew Blomgren, and today we are going to be interviewing Mr. Christopher Caulfield, the interim vice principal for St. Peter's Prep, as well as the principal starting next year. Mr. Caulfield, how are you doing? I'm good. Uh, Thanks very much for having me. I'm happy to be here. All right, we are happy to have you here. And our first question is, while at Grand and Warren, because you were a student here, what kind of leadership qualities did you discover and foster? That's a great question. I think um, a lot of the leadership qualities that I experienced as a student here um, were, I saw a lot of um, Jesuits. Uh, You know, there were probably more Jesuits in the building when I was a student, certainly, than when you guys were. And... um, I saw a lot of like humble um, attitudes and humble service. Uh, you know, a lot of times in the leadership world, they call that like a servant leader, um, which uh, has always been something that I wanted to kind of embody in my own leadership style. Um, someone who's going to kind of serve the community. Um, and then I think another um, area that I always noticed, and this is as a student and both as a faculty member and you know an adult here, is kind of that that driven mentality that a lot of the leaders at prep have you know um, there's a lot of people in this building that stay very late um, you know maybe when everyone goes home uh, from classes or from sports um, you might not know but a lot of the lights in these offices stay on because I think a lot of people are dedicated to the community and that's another really important quality that I think we need at prep yeah, of course, especially. Um, I definitely notice um, as someone who does crew and we leave school at around five, I definitely see a lot of lights, especially in the main office, still on. And it goes to show how dedicated everyone is. So, Matt, what is the next question? Um, sort of parallel to that, um, how has um, your experience as a former student uh, shaped your understanding of leadership, maybe not always in this school, but also outside of the school as you take on the role of principal next year? Yeah, um, I think, yeah, my experience as a former student at PrEP, um, there was, you know, there's kind of like this this mantra um, that goes around, which is, uh, it's based, you know, they flip, I'm actually reading something recently, Father Steve Katsouris, I'm reading his book, and he's actually coming to PrEP to speak in March, which is uh, really cool, and he kind of flipped this Jesuit phrase, and I hope I'm getting it right, But the way that he flipped it, he said, um, act as if everything depends on you and trust as if everything will depend on God, Um, that sort of thing. Um, And I think that's like a really important way to kind of look at it. I think when I was a student at St. Peter's, there was a lot that was expected of us, right? Major commute, um, you know, free periods, and, um, and then obviously the academic side of things, right? Like certain number of hours of homework a night. So I remember there were high stress times as a student at St. Peter's and it was like navigating that stress that really prepared me for all the next stages um, for me. And I think that's something that the teachers really embodied that they were you know, willing to work with me but they were also expecting a lot of me. Um, and I think that's kind of a leadership thing where you know, if, if you're a leader, the people that are under you, you expect them and you expect a lot of them um, in certain situations, and um, and that's you know something that's really a hallmark of prep and maybe even the Jesuit experience. 
Yes, yeah, certainly. I'm really, I'm a senior and I'm really sort of taking that all in for the first time um, as a freshman and really sort of being brought up in the Jesuit tradition here for four years. It really does reflect what you're saying. So I hope that even though I won't be here to see your principalship, um, I hope that it will guide you in our, in our future. Yeah, no, that's great. I, and I agree. I think when you become a senior, it really starts to hit home, right? Um, we really expect a lot of our seniors. Um, and I know even in athletics, um, you know, you guys mentioned that at least you're part of crew. Um, I think in athletics, we put a lot on our senior leadership, um, important. Um, and I think too, part of the culture of prep, you know, I said this, I think during my interview to some of the students that I interviewed with, it was that idea of sometimes the culture can be something as simple as an upperclassman taking an underclassman under his wing um, and kind of showing him the ropes and what that means and what it means to be a student at prep. That's something that, you know, it, like I said, is very simple, but um, something that maybe is hard to come by every once in a while. Yeah, definitely. And something that I've always been hearing when I was, uh, when, when I'm at prep is like a prep moment. And uh, I hear this a lot because I'm an Ignatian scholar and we, uh, we have this whole thing on the canvas. And I just want to ask you, what is your prep moment that you believe you wouldn't be the person you are today like without? That's, it's a really, you know, I, I think they actually mentioned it in the assembly yesterday. They were asking the panel uh, about that too. So you're right. That does kind of get thrown around a lot. Um, but um, I was thinking about it yesterday and I'd, I, I might have to go, if I think about like one really pivotal moment, I might have to consider the, the Amos retreat. Um, you know, back then there was no Kairos, so that was the retreat. It was the junior retreat. You went away, you stayed, um, at the retreat house and then, you know, you came back on, I guess it was a Monday night. So you stayed the weekend. Um, and you know, I don't want to give anything away on that retreat because there's a lot of really important things that happen on that retreat. Um, but I think one of the things that I came away from that retreat with, which, you know, is, is really a positive piece, is I learned about all the, let's say, 30 other guys, 40 other guys that were on the retreat. I learned about all of their stories. And that really puts it into perspective for someone like, you know, a 17-year-old kid. Because I think for you guys in your specific development, it's a lot um, like me-centered situations, right? Like you're always thinking about what do I have to do? You know, what's going on with me? And it's not because <laughs> you're bad people. Uh, I don't want to make it seem like that. It's, it's literally, I think, your brain development. You know, when I was a teenager, I was all focused on like what I was doing and and everything was like me, 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 me. Um, and I think that retreat really helped me to start to break out of that and realize that all these other people have all these different stories and that much like the panel was talking about yesterday, there's really a, a key moment where you have to realize that there are gonna be a lot of people that have different experiences and different perspectives on the world because of those experiences. And it's up to us to kind of respect it and understand it and then have a dialogue, um, however that looks. Of course. I mean, uh, only as a sophomore, I haven't been on Emma's yet. Mm -hmm. um, I did have my Koinonia retreat, which was, I, I can definitely relate because I was in like a small group with around seven different people. 
and I got to hear about their experiences at prep, and I really got to, like, call them brothers, and I still am really close to many of them, even though for a bunch I have, I never talked to them before Koinonia. So that goes to show how important retreats are at prep. Yeah, definitely. I'll concur with that. Um, as you enter the role of president at St. Peter's Prep, um, to the extent that you can mention today, what will you seek to, to keep and or change about our school experience? Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's something that I've been reflecting on a lot. Um, I think, um, you know, one of the things that I've been focusing on as far as, you know, what, what is an area that I want to focus on or what's something that I want to make sure how do I leave my mark on the job. Um, I think one of the keys is focusing on the culture of prep um, for the students, for the adults, um, for everyone, for the community, parents, you know, any constituent. Um, and I think from my perspective, having a lot of baseline knowledge of not only St. Peter's, but of Jesuit education in general, part of me is kind of like speaking that culture into action and, um, and making sure I'm, you know, listening to people um, about that. Uh, you know, I think it would be really important for me to hear from the students, you know, what do they define as prep culture? What are the great things about it? And then maybe how do we bring that out even more so than we're already doing, right? There, there's always ways to improve on programming. Um, so I think kind of evaluating programs and, you know, um, looking at it from that perspective and how to develop them um, would, be, would be one area. And then I think on the, you know, academic side of things, um, I think it's really important to, to continue to do research to see um, what are really effective strategies, you know, not only in the classroom, but just in a school community in general. And then, um, and then to kind of, you know, put plans into action so that we're hitting those points. I think, you know, one thing I've been reading about recently, which I mentioned um, uh, a few different times, is experiential learning, where, you know, it would be like students getting, um, putting, being put in situations that really give them an experience that they might see down the road in the real world, and then seeing how they respond to those types of situations. So, you know, how can we create moments like that for you guys to prepare you for maybe problems that are happening in the world now, and then ultimately to prepare you for problems that are going to happen 10 years from now. Those problems that are going to happen 10 years from now, we probably can't even foresee. Like, we don't even know what they're going to be. But problem solving is always problem solving. So it's, you know, your approach to it and kind of your resilience in those situations that I think we can we can really focus on going forward. Yeah, for sure. That'll probably be a big part of Prep Suture, like, you know, doing the same thing. We're a preparatory school, so preparing us for the, not only for the colleges that we'll go to, but the life experiences that we'll have outside of college beyond that. Of course. And as students, of course, we always look up to our adult leaders as role models for how prep men should act. And how do you plan to project this to our student body? Um, yeah, I mean... From my perspective, there are a lot of things um, that can go into that, but I think sometimes it's a little bit more, you know, it can be a lot more simple if you look at it from that way. I think even when I was a teacher, um, 
there was like one blanket rule that I always had in the classroom and, and it really just centered around respect, right? So if you think about it, if we're respecting people, you know, if we're respecting each other and we're respecting people outside of the community, that falls into so many things. Your behavior on public transportation, your behavior in the school building when you're interacting with students and teachers. Um, so I think from my perspective, it, it's really, it's really all about respect and how we teach you to respect yourselves, your school, and your community. Um, and you know, what what do we expect there? Well, there's a lot of there's a lot of layers that go into that. Um, but I think you know, it's it's that openness to growth, having an open mind, you know, being able to have a dialogue with someone without shutting them out or shutting them down just because they have a different opinion than you, or maybe because they're not as skilled as you in a different area. I mean, you know, I think about it from the perspective, let's say to go back to athletics, you know, how would I have been as a coach if I only coached my best athletes, right? Because that, that on track, especially, there were times on a team where at a state championship, I might only have eight athletes actually scoring points. But you better believe I had 25 athletes entered in events. So, you know, how do you kind of reach everyone regardless of their status um, and really respect that they want to get better in whichever way that means, right? And so I think for you guys as, as students, you know, that's something that I learned to prep and put into practice as an adult. That's what I would expect um, from prep. I think the true prep man is someone who's, you know, understanding, respectful, um, and, and learns a, about all of these things that they're going to need to navigate at the next level. Um, and, you know, I think that goes in a lot of different areas. Like I said, you know, respecting yourself, respecting others. I think for, for prep students, a big topic that I'm kind of noticing that I want to focus on is respect of women. Um, you know, I think that's something that um, is, is important to me because I, I feel like I learned a lot about respecting just people in general at prep, and I took those, um, those lessons and hopefully brought them when I went to college and then experienced classes with women, um, which was the first time in, what, four years that I had done that. That type of respect piece really, really took me far um, when I got to that stage. Yes, of course, and again, touching on like the theme of respect, I see that every day and that starts with just dress code and dressing the right way and Mr. Mr. Morris always like touches on that if he sees anyone out of line because you're not being respectful to the community and especially to the handbook because the handbook is like your rule book and obviously you're not following your rules so you're not respecting the rule book and you're not respecting the school because that's what the school says. Yeah, and I I think I think that piece too, the dress code piece, I always told my students, that's, that's a very practical piece too. When you go to work, like, and I t tell guys this all the time, you know, nowadays culture has changed, right? Everyone used to have, like at Goldman Sachs, a company my friend works at, they always used to have to wear suits. It was like a requirement. They've relaxed that part of the code, but there's still a code, right? They still have to look presentable and things like this. If you started a startup, Totally fine. You might get to wear a t-shirt to work every day, but you better believe that if you wear a t-shirt that's offensive, you're going to get called in and maybe fired for it. 
So it's like, no matter what, no matter where you find yourself, no matter what job you find yourself at, there will be a code of some sort that you're gonna need to follow. So I think in a very practical sense, the prep dress code prepares you for the next level. Yeah, of course. Uh, my father also works at Goldman Sachs, so he talks about it as well. Um, yeah, I see him all the time when he goes into work. Uh, he always wears button-down yep. and nice jacket and very similar to our dress code, but without the tie. Mm -hmm. And then I think every Friday he just wears a polo and jeans and also nice shoes as well. Mm -hmm. So... And he says there really isn't much of a dress code, but obviously don't come in in sweatpants and a t-shirt, <laughs> yeah. as, uh, as he always says. Um, yeah, so Matt, what's the next question? Um, during a transition of leadership, underclassmen you know, might be more confused and less knowledgeable about a new administrator. Um, what would you say to underclassmen who are unfamiliar with you so that they get to know you better, get a little more comfortable in the next year? That's... That's one that I've been thinking about a lot recently because it's been easy for me technically transitioning to this role because I taught sophomores last year, I coached last year, so I have all of this knowledge of students just from those walks of life. Um, so I think it will be a very intentional thing for me as principal to kind of keep in touch with students um, as best as I can because it won't be as organic um, as it was before, right? As a teacher or a coach, it's super easy. You learn all your guys' names, you know, you learn about them, you know, you're, you're with them for the entire year, whereas, or a, a season. Um, whereas, you know, as vice principal or principal, um, there's not as many opportunities that present themselves like that. So I think for me, um, focusing on creating those opportunities for myself. So I think, you know, um, speaking to the student body um, will be something that I really want to do a lot of. And I don't mean like everyone in the same room, maybe bringing in the underclassmen for a quick assembly just to chat, you know, um, talk about things. Um, so I think that's one side of it. I think walking the halls and interacting with students, um, I think that's something that uh, I'm really focused on um, as I kind of roll into the job. And then you know, one thing that I've done a little bit of this year and I'd like to continue um, is at least jumping into classes here and there, um, especially in the English department, um, because um, I'm still very in tune with that and love teaching. So, you know, maybe obviously next year being my first year might not be able to jump into the classroom <laughs> consistently, but, you know, even getting in there every once in a while will be another way for me to kind of touch uh, that life pulse of the school and, and be involved with the students. And then finally, um, I think extracurriculars and being able to attend events like those. Um, you know, I would, I would want to be at sporting events and plays and concerts and things like that. Um, that's another way for me to really learn kids because I can always go up at the end and say, hey, I really thought you did great. What's your name if I don't know it? Or I could ask someone or I could research and find the person's name. So I think that's that's another really great way. Yeah, definitely. That would be one way to really introduce yourself as a big part of Prep's community, both also in and outside of the school environment. Yep. Uh, my next question is, having been a Prep student, is there any advice you would give to a student who has not yet found their stride academically? Um, obviously, this mostly pertains to underclassmen, 
or just recent transfer students that have that are just experiencing what like prep academics feels like yeah i think i think i'd say that's a pretty simple answer but it's twofold it's you know i think the first thing if you haven't found your stride and i've always said this to students when i taught or you know as department chair talking with families and now as vice principal you you must trust the process and trust the community and that means seeing teachers like if you don't take advantage of academic support and you're struggling academically then you you literally can't expect anything to improve it's just not going to and you're just going to keep spinning your wheels um, but if you utilize academic support and you utilize all the supports that the teachers put in place at a place like prep um, i can't imagine that you won't see marked improvements um, and i've seen this firsthand for 14 years at this school guys who do that definitely turn corners and really learn how to do it and then i would also say for me at college when i got to college college though it was an easy transition coming from prep there were still moments where i got a grade on a paper that i wasn't pleased with and using office hours at the collegiate level another great great thing um, to be able to do and something i learned at prep and i think the other side of it and this is something that I'll talk about, you know, probably as principal. If you come to prep, we expect a lot of you and you should expect a lot of yourself. And that means getting off of Instagram and Snapchat at night and actually getting to work, right? Like you can't waste time at a place like St. Peter's because you have a long commute. You probably have athletics or extracurriculars after school you need to prioritize things. And sometimes prioritizing means not going to that party during the week or not hanging out with friends during the week, but saving that for a time where you have more time and like really focusing yourself on your studies. Sacrifices have to happen. Um, I learned that at St. Peter's um, and I take that into you know my life now. Um, so I think that's really important as well. Yeah, and also I can relate crew at prep, we have to make sacrifices all the time. And my coaches continue to say that. Um, obviously, they don't want you to make sacrifices on your academics. They understand that academics comes first. But they want you to obviously uh, cut off, like, your friends and just don't see your friends until, like, the weekends. Mm -hmm. Don't really go to parties. Uh, um, and Matt can also relate. Obviously, you also do crew, and you have a much longer commute than I do, probably twice as long. Yeah, um, so we definitely get how like difficult it is, but we understand that office hours is the most important thing, and I've been grateful to utilize it many times with my teachers, and I formed really close bonds with them as well. Yeah, I'd say it's definitely true um, with the whole commute thing and the amount of time that we use. Um, real quickly, um, who or what has been inspiration to you in your literature studies and how have you applied um, those, those lessons to your career and daily life? Oh, that's a cool question. <laughs> um, I'm also an English nerd, so I get it. Um, but I suppose I'd say, so just so I'm clear, I could, I'm like referencing a literary character that has had inspiration on me or maybe an author. Either or. Either or, okay, yeah. Um, so I think... I, I think two, two areas I'll focus on. Um, one, um, 
you know, the, when I was a entering student, so when I was in eighth grade or, uh, and applied to prep, I wrote about a book that um, really like had a profound effect on me oh, way back then. And then I taught it for years um, and I still love it, To Kill a Mockingbird. Um, and, uh, and I think Atticus Finch has always had like, that, that character has had a profound effect on me. His, his statement of, um, you know, basically walking around in someone else's skin um, and kind of seeing things from their perspective can change the way you view um, the world. And I think, um, he, you know, the lessons that he teaches his children in that book are lessons that are so very appropriate for today and were appropriate in the, you know, 1930s. Um, so uh, I think that's kind of one person. And then I think to another, um, you know, probably profound influence um, or someone who I've taught that I really respect as an author is uh, Toni Morrison. Um, and I think her, a little bit like that, those lessons that I learned from Atticus Finch, but that concept of stories, the stories of people, how important those stories are, and how important the stories of people who maybe don't get a voice all the time are, um, has always really kind of resonated with me. And I always want to hit those areas um, to make sure that those people are getting their voices heard. Yeah, for sure. That definitely has a big impact on how you view um, your, your, your job and your role in the prep community from reading those books. Yep. Uh, so that is going to end it for our interview today. Mr. Caulfield, thank you so much for letting us interview you. Oh, no, thank you. This has been great. I really appreciate the work you guys are doing, and I look forward to uh, hearing the finished product. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks.